We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are in the last hour of our three-hour marathon, Anthony Heron and myself. And we get to continue the Chicago Bears conversation as long as we beat this dead horse with a stick. <laughs> I just keep saying it because I want I want the people listening to know that we know too. Uh-huh. We know this too, but there's nothing more compelling right now than than the, the hypotheticals that exist. Not a thing. Not a thing. I, I Listen, I cannot wait to talk to Eric right now. Joining us. On the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is our NFL draft expert, uh, does a ton of other things, and he's joining us right now. Eric, at home. What's up, man? Good evening. You guys are in full off-season mode already. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what makes NFL so great, right? Because we can talk about it 12 months a year, baby. So, Eric, yeah. the, the, Eric, the draft could be tomorrow. I wouldn't know the difference. I just should be sitting here just, just <laughs> giving you hypotheticals the exact same way yeah. as if it was happening then. Uh, but the Bears do own the number one pick. Is that yep. like when you, as a season, you know, you see the Texans get their victory and then, you know, you, you realize the Bears are getting. Did you chuckle a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure did. <laughs> I, I made sure that, you know, every every Sunday I watched two games in the early slot and kind of give our our quick little uh three things we learned or whatever i asked for those two games because i saw it coming i said look either you know either the texans hang on and and keep the pick or or chicago makes this this crazy thing happen so you know watching it kind of unfold in real time too was even better because it was like ping-ponging back and forth so for me that was that was my super bowl being the draft guy and it it feels like the bears have the the world at their fingertips. Ryan Poles has everything at his disposal, the number one pick in the draft, more cap space than anyone, and in theory, he's at least solidified going into next season at QB. So you're not QB needy. Right. With this scenario, is there is there a way Ryan Poles could screw this up? Like in, in, in what ways could they because it feels like, you know, man, this is this is not only the catbird seat, but it's almost like, man, is there how do you even mess this up? It's almost like foolproof, but it's obviously not foolproof. Yeah. In what ways could Ryan Poles maybe mess this up? Yeah, I mean, obviously, first time, you know, in a, in a situation where you hold the number one pick, how do you how do you make that more attractive to other teams? Right? Mm, how do you market yes. that? Pick? You know, because the other day, I mean, he he pretty gave a pretty strong. Not definitive, but, you know, strong statement that 
I'd have to be blown away by, by one of these quarterbacks. So leaving the door a tiny crack open, but everybody kind of knowing exactly where he's at. Does that, does that hurt the value of the pick? I don't know, you know, but it, it really, it's good that there are plenty of quarterback options. One of them is going to emerge you know, it always happens. There's always the, the, the late finishers and, you know, who we think is the best quarterback in January isn't always who ends up going first uh, in April, depending on the year. So this looks like one of those years where, you know, all of a sudden people start talking and one of them becomes their favorite. We're talking to Eric at home here on 670. The score on Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron. You know, obviously everybody's talking about the Bears, you know, trading down, trying to, you know, get other assets, got a lot of holes to fill. One that yeah. obviously everyone's discussing is the, is the wide receiver position. And, you know, when you're looking at three, potentially three of the top wide receivers that are coming out in this draft with Jordan Addison from USC, Quinn Johnston from TCU, and Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, is there one that, that you favor over the other for this team in particular, the Chicago Bears? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I guess it's, I suppose it depends on what you want body size wise. And if you're just thinking about the current makeup, you know, could they use a long guy with speed? I, you know, that sounds pretty good to me. And, you know, whether it's on those 50, 50 balls down the field, um, you know, whether it's taking, you know, the short tunnel screen and going all the way, I mean, Quentin Johnston has been doing that this season pretty consistently and last year too, for that matter. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Jordan Addison. I think he and, and Zay Flowers, the BC kids, I, I don't think either one of them is going to have a size issue in the NFL. They're quick enough. They're smart enough. I like both of them a lot. But, you know, body size-wise, it, w- it would be nice to pair that kind of an athlete uh, up with, with Justin Fields and see what they could do. Because look at all the scramble drill st- stuff they did there, you know, with Max Duggan running around and, and trying to find something and. Johnston kind of getting in his head and figuring out where he wanted to be. That's that to me says perfect Bears receiver. And positional value ends up becoming a, a pretty big part of the conversation. And so with the Bears being at number one, having that potential to trade down, where where's kind of a reasonable basement for for folks to view this thing? Like should they stay? for sure within the top four we're kind of targeting where the Colts have been you know talking about being fairly aggressive there or could they trade down towards the the latter stages of the top 10 and still get a a position that they need where you still say all right that's a blue chip prospect that the Bears are still in a safe space with yeah and this will this will be the fun part for for Ryan Poles and 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 the guys so just be like if there are multiple feelers out there if you have three or four teams sniffing around because some years teams have the number one pick there's no action on it. We know how that goes. But this year, th- there could be. You know, So I- I'll be fascinated to see how many teams get involved and then how picky can the Bears get. Can they say, hey, we're not moving below you know, number – just trying to think off the top of my head, somebody in that range. Nine, you know, Carolina. Nine. Yeah, nine is a good spot. That's our floor. You know, it's either got to be Carolina, you know, Indy, Houston, what have you. Um you know, if they're that confident they have multiple offers, maybe they can they can realize that there may be a little bit of a drop off at some point outside the top, you know, six to twelve prospects. I haven't decided what the number is yet, but you know, that could be like that tier one, and then there's a little bit of a, a drop off to tier two. If they want to stay within it, that's a, that may be their floor. Eric at home. 
hanging out with us here on 670, the score. When I'm looking at a, 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 any draft in particular, Eric, and for me, I, I'm a sucker. I'm a, I'm a super homer. So I think everybody that you draft should be contributing and starting on the team. I, I love them that way, Eric. Uh, but, but, but in your expert opinion, right, how many, how many players from a draft would you say is a good like uh, over-under for starters in order to say that you, your team had a successful draft? Two. I know that sounds low. I know it does. But I think it's two. I think it's two starters, and if you can get two more contributors after that, I think that's a good draft. And, you know, obviously there are plenty of examples in history where, you know, the, the, the early 80s 49ers draft, I think they got like six starters out of one. You know, uh, the Bears, I'm sure, had a few runs there uh, in the early 80s too. And, and even in the 90s too, the Dallas Cowboys and whatnot, Green Bay Packers, other teams have built through the draft. And you say, aha, look at all these examples. But you look historically, you throw in all the terrible classes, and it comes out to about, in a seven-round draft you know, era, to about two would be a success. And then anything after that is a little gravy. I mean, we get so hyped up on everybody. You know, every prospect, <laughs> great. They're going to start within X number of years or right away. But we all know that, you know, a lot of things happen along the way or we misevaluate players. And so – it happens in the league too. So we're sitting here on January nineteenth, and I'm wondering e, how many of these quarterbacks. Uh, you know, we've got time to figure this out. Still got all star games to play, and you yeah. know, obviously all the pro days and you know everything else that will continue in the evaluation. But just coming off this past college football season and knowing who's in the draft cycle right now. How many quarterbacks do you think people may be willing to chase, may be willing to reach for, would potentially mm-hmm. be viewed as overdrafted by the time we get through the first round? Who, who are the guys that folks – how many of these guys are folks going to be willing to go up and chase? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question too. And, and, you know, if you look, for instance, back a couple of years ago when we had the five quarterback round one, um, you know, the other than the first pick, which you just get, you don't have to move up. Uh, I think the only quarterback who wasn't traded up for in that draft was Mac Jones at the last one pick. So, you know, you can see multiple trade up targets in one draft, you know, fields that bears felt like they had to get ahead of new England or whoever else. So they made that move. They're thrilled with it. Um, Obviously not the jets right now with Wilson, but the point is, you know, you get in the situation where, you know, this kind of thing happens a little bit. And uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if, if there's, there's at least two trade-ups involving, well, I could say that. Yeah. I think, you know, assuming the bears move down, I would say there's probably a good chance that at least two quarterbacks. And I think it might be Bryce young was one of them, despite his size. And then I would say, Probably Will Levis right now, believe it or not. Uh, not that there isn't C.J. Stroud appreciation out there. There really is. Mm-hmm. But I'm just – the way the wind's blowing from from the conversations I've had with, you know, schools and the teams and other people, seems like Will Levis has got a lot of, a lot of backers. It's funny because that just always happens like that, right? I mean, they, they, somebody, yeah. people, they fall in love with somebody and then they can't tell them anything else. When it comes to he the draft, number one. he could it be, could, you know, he could be Chris Ballard's pick at number one. You know what wow. I mean? Like if, if that one to four move happens, I wouldn't, it would not shock me. And that, that's what's, that's, that, that's what, throwing a dart out there. I don't know what Chris thinks. This is me just right. knowing 
what he's looked for in the past. Yeah, because he's he's saying to himself, "Oh, I drafted, or I I, wanted, I know I know a guy that was under center for for the Colts that kind of looked like this. I think yeah. I, I think this might work out for us." Uh, we're talking yeah. we're talking to Eric at home here on six seventy the score. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, I mean, not only can teams uh, get their quarterback of the future via the draft, but they can also do it via free agency. There's some guys that are you know going to be out there to be had. Uh, any any thoughts on, on where some of these guys might end up landing? You know, when you're thinking about guys like Carr, Lamar Jackson, you know, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah I mean, the Carr situation is really interesting because <clears throat> there's a time limit to it, and three, I think, within three days of the Super Bowl, uh, the Raiders either have to trade him or, or cut him. So, you know, unless they can find a partner, and obviously they're talking now, it would, I think it would be pretty similar to how Alex Smith got traded to Washington a couple of years ago. Similar timing on it. So it can happen. But, um, yeah, so there are – he's probably the first domino, believe it or not. Whether or not he's traded, I don't know. But Jets would, would make some sense to me, I think. Um, and then you kind of have to figure out what happens with Brady, I think. I don't think anything's going to happen with Lamar. I think based on the comments today from the Ravens, they're, they're still trying to do everything they can to sign him. Um, and if Lamar's on board, they'll do it. So I think he ends up staying. But, yeah, what does Brady do? Go to Vegas? Maybe? <laughs> McDaniels? And then, you know, what happens to some of the veterans like Ryan Tannehill and you know, a few others. So it's going to be an interesting quarterback offseason. Yeah, the offseason on the whole will definitely have a lot of intrigue to it. And we, we see guys now where, you know, some of the second-year quarterbacks that are in postseason play, guys who've made that jump from year two to year three. With the way that, that QB development seems to be evolving, do you feel like patience with quarterbacks after they're drafted, is it increasing or is it decreasing in recent years? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, somebody like Trevor Lawrence starting game one, you know, he's sort of been anointed for forever, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. it didn't really shock anybody. And it also didn't shock people when he struggled last year. But then for the the Zach Wilson to go number two, yeah. the Jets were in a position where they just said in the offseason, like, he's our guy. There was no competition. They gave him the ball. They wanted him getting as many reps as possible. They just threw him in there. And we're talking about somebody who is looked at it with suspicion prior to that the season before. I mean, you know, he had an electric year, but weird conditions. That was the COVID year, I think, right? You know, it was right. just there was so weird that year, and he's beaten up on you know bad defenses. And I was like, man. So I guess it depends on the prospect, right? I mean, but yeah, I mean, it, it makes you wonder whether teams are questioning whether they should have rushed a guy in or how do we leave him on the bench so long? There's always going to be back and forth. So I don't know the answer to that, but I know there are a few teams like the Jets that, you know, realize they've mishandled things. That's where I think a guy like like Derek Carr could end up in, uh, playing for the Jets. I don't know. It's just like the first yep. one that comes to mind. I'm like, this this seems like it could fit where Carr would say, you know what, I, if I get to this team, I can, I can make him play well. I don't know, something like that. Anyway, yeah. uh, Eric, I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, man. Thanks for giving us some of your time. All right, fellas. Have a great night. Of course, Eric Edholm, our NFL draft expert, hanging out with us here on 670. The score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. You bring up a great point, right, because it's so tough, right, Ant, when you're talking about the quarterback position and and where you want to be because you really do have to have the perfect pairing. Are you this young team that needs a young quarterback to set yourself up for four years from now? Are you a defensive-minded team that just needs a – 
a veteran quarterback to be a game manager. Like there's right. so many different places to be in the NFL, and it, it, it it's it's a tough job to kind of figure out like when do you move on from a guy right like mm. how much how long can you ride this train with a particular quarterback looking at the Green Bay Packers or you know the the, the 49ers for that matter but it's a it's a tough position to be in regardless of the team and it's a chicken or egg conversation and i'm not sure that there's even as many folks who are within the NFL circles that realize the development of the quarterback position is on more than the prospect himself, is on more than the quarterback himself. How are you nurturing that talent? What situation are you putting him in? What talent is he surrounded by? And obviously this season, Daniel Jones is kind of the prime example of that where you get Brian Dayball in there. And I mean, you know, all right, you got a pretty good defense. You have a, a talented running back who's now healthy. And so you get the proper offensive system in there. That does, in a similar way to what the Bears did this season with Justin Fields, say, you know what, we're going to start using those legs. You got some wheels, Daniel Jones. We're going to treat you like Danielle Jones. Let's start to run this quarterback, and next thing you know, the Giants are now in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And so is it situation? Is it prospect? Is it some combination of the two? That's usually what it is, but that needs to be factored into the patience or lack thereof. It's like I said, like, you know, as much as, I, I was I found it distasteful that Zach Wilson ended up being drafted ahead of Justin Fields. I didn't get it. I thought it was a complete misevaluation between the two prospects at the same time. Zach Wilson does have some immense physical tools. He deserves to be in the National Football League. He just shouldn't have went ahead of Justin Fields. So I'm not out <laughs> on Zach Wilson yet, but how did the Jets go about either nurturing that talent, seeing if a new OC and different talent around him can get the most out of a guy with all his natural physical abilities? Or do you say, you know what, it's time to move on. You know, just New York isn't going to do it for him. You know, he's kind of just falling flat on his face in in front of this hostile environment too frequently. Then let's get somebody else in. Let's get a vet in here because we feel like we've got a win-now roster aside from our QB. There's a big balance to try to work out to figure how you're going to actually go about whether you move on or or make the decision to try to stick with a guy for maybe another year or two. Yeah, and, and you know, and there was there's been obviously names that are thrown out there, you know, when it comes to these quarterbacks and where they're going to end up, what are their landing spots. And, and one of the names that we mentioned just a second ago uh was was thrown out there as a as a as a potential trade partner for Justin Fields. Uh let's just, let's discuss that on the other side. I want to get your thoughts okay. on that. What is that Justin Fields for Lamar Jackson trade. Hmm. How does that sound? I will, we'll discuss it on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Hanging out with you guys all the way till 9 o'clock. Talking some Bears right now. And not only are we going to be talking about I don't know, some trade that somebody came up with for Justin Fields. <laughs> um, but I want to go back and to the uh, the free agents that are available. And really, because I think that's where we're at now, right? It's, it's okay, you got the number one pick. We know that. You know, you, you know, you got money. Yes. But I think it's time to give a little bit more, right? Give people names, names that are out there, people that could potentially, you know, be there. And so that that All way right. you can go do your due diligence. But first, let's talk about this, this ridiculous trade that Nick Wright throughout there uh justin fields for who can i throw one really i think immediately you're gonna scoff at it okay but it's an intriguing fake trade sure because the hardest part about trading lamar is going to be the ravens feel like we can win right now we might have the best defense in the league so are we really going to trade lamar for the fourth pick of the draft plus other picks to indy and have to kind of start over on that side of the ball what about one for one lamar for justin fields so the bears have more cap space than anyone in the league and they need to spend it the ravens have built an offense that necessitates a, a mobile quarterback and they don't want to pay their quarterback. And Justin Fields would be going into the third year of his rookie deal. Mm. The, the Bears have the number one pick of the draft that they could hold an auction for, acquire talent. They have a ton of money to spend. That is, I know everyone's talking about Lamar to Atlanta, Lamar to Seattle, Lamar to New York, all those things. And those things to me are interesting. Yeah. But for the Ravens, you need to know who's playing quarterback for you next year. And you haven't built an offense that you can just be like, all right, we'll sign Jimmy G. Right. Because that offense needs a yeah. mobile quarterback. Yeah. Lamar for Justin Fields is, to me, an intriguing one that I think both teams have a long meeting about. That is the best one I can come up with. Now, Ant, mm. you, got a, you, got, you got a Lamar free agent, got money. Is he making sense or is he just... just... Mm. You know, throwing some poop on the wall and seeing if it st- seeing if it sticks. Yeah, I, I think he's just looking for something sticky right there. <laughs> That's just you know, the the Ravens have built something around Lamar Jackson for years at this point. Now, you know, from Lamar Jackson's perspective, if if they haven't reached an agreement at this point, then I can see where he you know would end up looking to say, I, I want to get my money from somewhere. I want to get my long term money from somewhere. Now they you know, just to make sure folks are aware, they're they're gonna have the the opportunity to franchise tag him. So even though they've gotten through his fifth season, he's already won his MVP in the past, thus and so, but the most likely scenario for Lamar Jackson is that the Ravens franchise tag him and he plays for whatever, north of forty, maybe near fifty million dollars this next season if he signs the franchise tag and then ends up playing out the next season with it. But he he's looking for that long term, you know, hundred million dollar plus guaranteed security i mean frankly even well beyond that maybe 200 million plus guaranteed security because that's what one of his counterparts was able to get 
from the from the Cleveland Browns. So that's now the new template that these young quarterbacks are trying to base their deals off of. You got a quarter billion dollars guaranteed from the Cleveland Browns. So Deshaun Watson, with all the baggage he had off the field, if he got that, then Lamar Jackson looking at that and saying, I've won an MVP. I'm spotless off the field. How come I can't get that as well? As far as a trade for Justin Fields, are the Bears willing to swim in those guarantee a quarter billion dollar waters? I seriously doubt that. Even with all the all the, the cap space that they're going to have available to them, the most in the NFL, you want to guarantee a quarter billion dollars to a quarterback, then that's going to cash strap the rest of your roster as far as the, the salary cap goes. So now where you've just finished the season where we all we all been complaining about the, the, the dearth of playmakers that Justin Fields hasn't had to work with. So now you're going to bring Lamar Jackson in, and he's going to have a dearth of playmakers around him too. <laughs> That's not the design the Bears are working with right now. They're looking to be far more patient with that. You make that move for Lamar Jackson, that is a win immediately move when you expend those kind of you know resources to bring a quarterback in. I don't see that happening, not by a long shot. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And, you know, we were talking about uh, just a second ago, talking about Bryce Young and and how teams are, are salivating over the idea of having them on their squad. What percentage of you is fearful that, you know, by not taking a young – no, not not that's not the way I want to position the question. Okay. Because here, here's what I'm really trying to say, right? All right. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I believe in Justin Fields. I love him. Mm-hmm. You know, you wear a Bears jersey, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, damn. What if? What if? Like, so what percentage is the if you're wrong, right? And 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 Bryce <laughs> Young is that dude. And then and, and you're saying to yourself, you're kicking yourself. You're doing the Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes thing, right? Like, I still have that in my head. It like what percentage of you? Because it can't be like, no, Gabe. I'm a hundred percent certain, without a doubt. Like, this is going to be the better player. Like, there's got to be like some part of you that is saying like. Uh, it's possible, and it's probably like, but you know, like five percent of me feels that way, or is it zero? Uh, as far as potentially taking one of these QBs in this draft cycle, it's zero. I have zero interest in taking. Uh, as much as I, I like Bryce Young, as much as I like C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, yeah, I can, you know, as far as the take it or leave it thing, I leave it with Will Levis. I mean, you know, he's he's got a lot of physical traits, as is Anthony Richardson. I'd say they're both similar in the vein, you know, both Richardson and Levis, guys with immense physical traits that don't play quarterback really well. Um, you know, not not even nearly. And, you know, you and I have talked in detail about the way that Justin Fields still needs to figure out kind of the true consistent mechanics of quarterback. And we saw him start to develop that this season. Neither one of them is in the same stratosphere as what Justin Fields was as far as just the true traditional quarterback mechanics and, and execution and accuracy and commanding the big stage. Neither one of them has done that anywhere near the level Justin Fields had. And we still have seen the way Justin Fields has needed to figure out what we think of as traditional quarterback play. So when it comes down to it, the, the two prospects who are even anywhere near comparable to where Justin Fields was when he even came out, let alone where Justin Fields is at right now with a couple of years of NFL experience under his belt, would be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And both guys, I, I do have a, I've got a lot of faith in what they can potentially be at the NFL level. I think Bryce Young would be I kind of view him as a kind of a Kyler Murray with maturity, like just a Mm. much more mature version of Kyler Murray, just a lot of raw playmaking ability who does see the field, I would say, at at an even higher level than Kyler Murray does. But he's going to be one of these guys who shows up, 
day in, day out, willing to put the work in, will get along with people a lot better than Kyler Murray has apparently always struggled with getting along people at multiple levels of the sport. And size will always be an issue, and he's even smaller than Kyler Murray is, is Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud, I view him in the vein of like a, a, a Jared Goff, a Kirk Cousins, where okay. you know, has, certainly has the ability to play at a high level at the, in the pro game, but not one of these guys is just going to lift up the performance of everyone around him. If C.J. Stroud is in, a, is in a good environment where everything isn't on his shoulders, then I, I think he'll be able to flourish in the you know, Matt Ryan type. He'll be able to flourish in the NFL if things around him are clean. Good offensive line, good run game, you know, doesn't have to attempt 50 to 60 passes a game. C.J. Stroud, I think, will, will, can play at a high level like that. Just like the season we just saw Jared Goff put together in Detroit, one of the best offenses in football, but there's a lot of good around Jared Goff to make that happen. I think C.J. Stroud can flourish in that environment. Neither one of those guys, to me, is Justin Fields. So again, I think due diligence is worthwhile from the Bears, but no, there, there's not one iota that that I think it. And you know that I'm just talking evaluation with that. And even I think the situation the Bears are in, it wouldn't necessarily make sense either because they need so much else on this roster. That's where having the number one pick, you can use that tool, use that chip to accumulate additional draft capital, and now say we've got the ability to replenish our defensive front, and our offensive line, and get some pass catchers. And you can do it for this current draft cycle, and you would think, you know, if you can really leverage that pick, you'll get some some good draft capital for the next draft cycle as well and enhance that. So maybe that means you get young players, draftable players for next season, or you just have additional resources to trade for veterans. And maybe it is a, you know, I've heard the DeAndre Hopkins potential trade floated out there. Maybe you got a couple of extra high picks where you can use for some other high level receiver and try to bring a current veteran into Chicago. So I just think there's, whether it's they don't necessarily love Justin Fields, which, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that would make a lot of sense from what we've seen so far. But if it is that, still the position the roster is in right now, I don't think it would make a lot of sense to add some other rookie QB into this current mix of, of lack of, of Bears offensive talent and playmakers and say, all right, we just saw Justin Fields kind of figure things out on the fly. Now here, rookie, you come in and figure this out. We haven't necessarily <laughs> added a bunch of playmakers around you either. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that, that's the cool thing about it, right, to be able to be in that space. And, but you did make me feel good, and i got to be honest. I feel yeah. better after listening to that because there was okay. a certain percentage of me that had that FOMO, right? Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> are we making a mistake here? My life it's, is always it's so not terrible. That I don't like the guys. Like I yeah. told you, and, and you know, there's more evaluation to happen between now and draft day. I like Bryce Young a lot. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. I think they're both going to have nice NFL careers. I don't think either one of them is. I don't. I don't view either one of them in, on the same plane as I do Justin Fields. And you got everything else surrounding the Bears quarterback right now. And there's just, you know, Justin Fields is already in the process of proving something at the NFL level. Then you go back to square one with something very unproven. I don't think either of these current prospects is, is worth that risk. Yeah, and, you know, you were talking about having the, having the money, right? Having the money afterwards to spend and really, you know, fill the D-line and such. But, you know, there's a, a, other positions that are out there. And let's, that's, that's why we get a moment to, to go take a look at some of these free agents, and you know, because right. I think we, we got to see where we can be spending this money. And, and one position that you know I've been hard on all year has been the tight end position for the Chicago Bears. You know, like Cole Komet, cool, you're there. But 
there's like a drop off from Cole Komet and there's nobody around him, nobody challenging him. We know how important that is for Ryan Poles and Eberflus to bring in people like that. So so here's a name I have for you. Here's the tight end I have for you that, that I kind of like the idea of him being on the Bears. Hayden Hurst mm. from Tennessee. Yeah, free agent, like 29, uh-huh. only made $3.5 million last year. Right. And I felt like he just – I just wanted more uh, – not more, but it would be cool to have another offensive-minded right. tight right. end to be there yep. to pair with Cole Komet. Yeah, completely agree, man. It would be one thing if Cole Komet – was this, you know, Cole Komet improved, as you and I talked about throughout the season. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, out of anything, Cole Komet is more of your traditional, what we would describe as why, you know, inline blocking tight end, who became an effective pass catcher when schemed into opportunities to catch a pass. The Bears could definitely use one of these kind of new age wide receiver in a big body type guys who can create really pass catching matchups for you that Cole Komet just hasn't shown the ability to consistently create, then you at least have stylistically a different guy. When you go into your multi-tight end sets, Cole Komet isn't your best pass receiving option at the tight end position. Bring in somebody else who you say, you know what, when we split them out wide, they create real route running matchup issues for the opponent, not just because they got a big body and they're tough to bring down because they run hard after the catch. The Bears could really use a tight end to add into the mix. So you say, you know what? They got speed. They got route running ability. They can separate. They got soft, consistent hands. One of these more modern, what we think of as you tight ends, they could definitely benefit from adding that to the mix. So so you're talking more like a Mike Gusecki, Dalton Schultz, two yeah. tight ends that are yeah, 27, 26 guys. respectively. No no See, but they, now they they may command a higher right. number, and the Bears are already in a position where they're going to need to re-sign Cole Komet sometime soon. So you know it depends on how much you're really willing to spend on the tight end position. Yeah, that's why I look at those guys, and that's why that's why I brought up a Hayden Hurst, right? Where mm-hmm. not like a super tight uh, top of the line type tight end, but yeah. someone that you know is in that second space, in the Cole Komet space, someone that can yep. can mirror his productivity. You see a guy like Robert Tunyon. As well from the Green Bay Packers, you felt like he was a favorite target for for Rodgers in certain moments, but not consistently. Mm-hmm. So if he if Rodgers is gone, you know Tanya might be gone again. Just things that I try to look at, and because you know when I like to have my when I'm in my group chats, I like people to come up with some ideas, you know. And I feel like <laughs> where do you come up with the majority of ideas? You listen to sports radio, right? So I think it's our job to be able to throw names like these guys out there. So that that way you can have some expectations, or you could just be looking at the radio and being like, "Well, I don't want to spend my money at the tight, at the tight end <laughs> position game." So I want nothing but offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's somebody driving around saying that right yeah. now. They're listening on the Odyssey app, <laughs> just looking at all the expensive offensive tackles, saying, "Upgrade all those guys." All right, I'll throw a couple names out on the other side. Then how about that of offensive tackles? <laughs> that'll that'll get the people going right there. It's Gabe Ramirez. Right. Anthony Heron, uh, got one more segment for you guys. Uh, hang out with us. We might be bringing back some controversial topic that, uh, that, that, that yeah, exactly. That uh, <laughs> Tyler thinks, you know, we should live in this villain space. So, so we might do that on the other side. Stick around at 670 to score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 the score in Odyssey Station. Got about uh, just a little less than 10 minutes before we wrap up. And earlier in the show, we were talking about who I deemed the villain of the Chicago Bulls, and it was LeBron James. <laughs> and reminded me that he's just the villain of every NBA team that was trying to win a championship. Yeah, it was uh, very universal for him. Yeah, I understand that. But I wanted to get in, back into the conversation of villains, Ant. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, 
you, you're you're a, you're a well-rounded guy. You got you know, you've you've watched your fair share of movies and and, and you know, lived your life. So I'm trying oh, yeah. to, I'm trying to think of some some villains that stand out to you oh, as a okay. whole. You know, right. and then and as you're thinking about that, I started thinking about like because I was like, okay, I understand villains, but then I started thinking about characters that I hate. Just in general, in, in certain TV shows, where I'm like, uh-huh. you know, they give you the ick, and you're like, Ugh. so, so I want you to go talk talk about villains. I, I got a couple of my go own. Ahead. I actually have a list of the uh, top villains uh, from movies, the top ten. I'll see if any of you, anything you say, uh, kind of lands on this list. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Freddy Krueger was a good one because, and really, I was just actually just talking to my son the other day about the fact that you know he he'll come, wake up, tell me about his his dreams, good dreams, bad dreams, or whatever. It's one of the things I ask him every morning. You know, do you have nice dreams? And I never, ever remember my dreams when I wake up the next morning, even though, like, you know, scientists, med- medical professionals, they claim we dream every night. I never remember mine, uh-huh. although I, I just happen to remember my dreams that I had last night. But that being said, Freddy Krueger, because he attacks your nightmares and he does it while being hilarious at the same time, but then will slice you up in this really gory manner, <laughs> like if... If Jason Voorhees or Mike Myers, you know, if they had senses of humor, that'd be different. Freddy Krueger's got a personality while also slicing and dicing. So that's one that occurs to me. Uh, Darth Vader had no sense of humor at all, but he was a good movie villain as well because he had all the magic powers. But then you had all the family drama that was baked into all of it, too. And plus, with uh, with the Iowa defense, whenever we would come off the field after a big third down <laughs> stop, they would play the Darth Vader theme music that come off the field. So I say those are a couple that stand out to me. Okay. Um, uh, who, who's the dude from Die Hard? Uh, Hans. Hans Gruber. Hans Sorry Gruber. A, yeah, a villain with a sense of humor. Hans was, uh, he had me in stitches. Everyone that you're mentioning, everyone that you're mentioning is on this, this list that I have. So that's good. Really? You're on the, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Die, yeah. The, the guy you're talking about, Hans Gruber, number four. Ooh, number four on the list. Okay. I'm yeah, going to count to yeah. three. There will not be a four. <laughs> that's right so so when i'm in this space and i'm thinking about villains that i hate there's one guy that 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 stands out it's agent smith from the matrix oh the guy that follows everybody around where you're looking at him you're like dude get out of here bro leave him alone die or something like that (laughs) That, that's that's when that happens uh you brent and freddie krueger he's in your top 10 as well you got like a michael myers in there but see i when I, I, it's got to be somebody I hate, somebody I do, that dislike, like the sheriff of Nottingham in the okay. in the Robin Hood movie yeah, back in ninety one. Right. Like he same just, same actor with Hans Gruber too. That's so funny. You're absolutely right. It's uh-huh. the same actor. Yeah. See what? I, see, and I knew you had a, 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 a an array of like you're out there. I, I like this. What's the name? Uh, Alan Rickman, right? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, he, uh-huh. he's the truth, man. Alan Rickman. I, I don't remember what year he passed, man, but he was one of the great like villain villainous actors yeah. ever because he he in some ways could make you enjoy the villain in a different way than you would with a lot of guys because he was funny he was kind of proper he was kind of likable while being a jerk at the yeah. same time rarely got his hands dirty like the whole share of, of, of nottingham thing where he had the sword fight with kevin costner that was kind of the one action scene he ever did other than that he was just kind of above the fray back away from the action but just doing real underhanded real shady stuff the whole time yeah uh tyler buterball said voldemort from the harry potter series okay and i see right. i'm with that <laughs> You know what's the sad thing, though? What? I haven't actually watched all of the Harry Potter movies. I, what do you mean? No one's I've lost not, count. You haven't man. either. I don't Too watch. Dude, my fiance like 
is upset with me that I have not watched it. Only because I make her watch Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, okay. I've seen like the first two movies of Harry Potter, but like there's something about it I just can't get into it. I heard after the third or fourth one, then you're 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 smooth sailing. I lost count. You know what uh, it is for know. me, guys? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't even know how many there after, are. After the Lord of, Lord of the Rings, whatever the Lord of the Rings did to me where I just I, I don't want to watch, you know, so many movies, right? Like uh, I saw yeah. Lord of the Rings. I told the story. My dad takes me to the movie theater. The first Lord of the Ring ends, and I stand up, and I was like, what the hell? In the movie theater, because I didn't know that there was part two and three coming, <laughs> and then I had to wait all that time. And then after that, I was just like, I never wanted to put myself through that space. So like Harry Potter's and anything, like, no, 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 we're not doing that anymore in my household. There's something about a trilogy that just works. It just makes sense. All right, you give me the first one, and then if that was good enough, I'll come back for number two. And then if you leave number two open-ended, and it, and it wasn't awful, right. then you at least keep me hooked in for number three. Just so I get the full story arc, I get the full kind of, you know, the, the fully fledged, like fully fleshed out version of everything that went down. Give me a few new characters here and there. Give me a trilogy. Once you start going past that, man, you're but doing Ant, too don't much, you, unless you're going to take a couple decades off in between. Sure, but don't you want it to happen organically, though? You know what I mean? That's a good trilogy. If it just if the mm. mo- first movie was so good, you got your number two, and then, like uh. you said, you get a little open-ended for the number. Not, not a trilogy where you come into the damn thing knowing, I got to <laughs> no, wait. A, like, yeah. come on. I have a whole universe. Avatar. I got to wait Avatar. 20 years for, for, right. for part two. Come on. And apparently they got like another eight ones planned. And here, here's the issue I got right now. James too, Cameron's man. the best villain of all time. That's what we just wanted to say. Just put James Cameron on the middle <laughs> list. But that all these movies, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but there's a lot of real long movies right now too, man. Like I went and saw Babylon. Me and my wife went to the other day. Babylon is damn near four hours long. And, and what else, man? Avatar. I haven't seen Avatar yet, but that yeah. was like three and a half hours, apparently. It's a lot of long-ass movies out there these days, I can't man. do it. I, I, I can't do it. I'm out. But Like the three-hour ones? I mean, the what are some great? Plus. But there are some great three-hour movies. Well, there are. There's, there's Endgame that's three hours long. Have you guys ever seen The I'm, Irishman? I've uh, seen. I, that's a three-hour movie? Yeah, that was like a little over, th- almost three and a half, I think. It was definitely yeah. broke three hours. That one was good. Okay. I'm looking at some other ones that are here that are three hours long I'm, oh, okay not, i remember the irishman yeah that was longer than it needed to be i mean it wasn't a bad movie but they, they could have cut a whole lot out of the irishman they definitely yeah they definitely could have cut that down but i mean i mean it's robert de niro i like him he's good <laughs> uh, it's gabe Ramirez, anthony harris yeah. 670 score by the way <laughs> i know we're talking about that okay avengers endgame three hours long uh-huh never seen that one but see that and see that's with all the marvel movies for whatever reason they got me hooked I, well they got the whole planet hooked but like i'm good with those and i don't okay. even think i've there's probably a couple in there somewhere that i've missed and i haven't seen all the disney plus series and everything else but i've seen most of the marvel movies and a lot of them are getting longer and longer like i just a couple weeks ago finally saw um uh wakanda forever okay and that was just like man I, i'm rarely like on the verge of getting choked up during the movie but a couple of those scenes of wakanda forever man just had me like hooked with angela bassett i hope she wins an oscar for what she did in that movie i don't mind those being long because it's a good blend of yeah. like action and comedy and drama and everything else i think they, they, titanic, they do a good job with those titanic three-hour movie I'm trying to think Was Malcolm really? X three hour movie. I'm trying to think of movies that I would watch again and that, that were three hours long. Though. They need to start throwing intermissions in movies again. That's what they did back in the day. Shout we out were to real young. They would throw an intermission in the movie. Go get some extra popcorn. Go to the bathroom. They need to start doing that again. All right. Well, um, you get an intermission until the start of Mully and Hall at 5:30 a.m. Make sure you guys are here for that. They got a great show lined up for you guys. I want to thank our guest today, Dan Weederer. Uh, for coming on and talking to us. Of course, of course, Cody Westerland and Eric Edholm 
uh, for giving us some of their time. Got to thank Tyler Buterbar, producer, holding us down, playing some good music, getting the cuts right. Shout out to you, man. Appreciate Thanks, you God. today. I try. Of course. Uh, big thanks to Anthony Heron for hanging out. Always like being on with you, brother. Have a good evening. You do the same, my friend. Will do. And then you guys can catch me back on the air tomorrow. I'll be on with Mark Grody hanging out with you guys. Mi gente, my people. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Where do you go from here, Aaron? Home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.